What's up, y'all? It's your boy Jay Halim, and I am back for another dope episode of Star of Talk. Listen, I, I kept it local today. I kept it local today. And I, I guess I, I'm trying to get comfortable with calling it local because, you know, I'm still a newcomer to the Vegas area. And this is probably like the second or third person I've interviewed in Vegas. But I'm looking forward to interviewing her because I became a fan of hers. <laughs> you know, I met her one time. But, you know, we follow each other on social media and I've been blown away ever since. Um, one of the things that you're going to hear about and I'm going to ask about, I'm going to find out where it comes from, is this confidence that this young lady has. And it's spewing all over, you know, her social media feed. Um, but more importantly, it's not with arrogance. I don't see the arrogance within the confidence. I, I, I just see proud and humbleness. I see, you know, all positivity. So um, I know she has a story. I know she fits the star of talk you know, criteria. So I said, let's, let's go ahead and bring her in here. And not to mention she going, you know, I just had a couple dudes on here. So she's going to make us look a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> on this one. So uh, thank you so much, coach Amber J. And, and I got, I got to say this. I was, I was just thinking about this when I was in, I said her last name Jones. So today y'all going to get me and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all the kind words. Uh, definitely uh, very humble. Um, and it's so amazing when you hear other people talk about you because sometimes you always don't feel that. So to hear those words, it always like, okay, this is why I keep going. This is why I haven't quit yet. <laughs> uh, it's a dope situation because I've unfollowed a lot of chicks, you know, because they would just, I'm like, come on, give me a break, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And, um, you know, then, uh, you know, and I, I'm not coming down on my sisters, but, you know, then you meet them in person and then they've been super filtered up and they, they're, they're not what they, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, then you you know, you ain't got no, you don't need to be acting like that. But I saw you first, met you first <laughs> and your audio matches your visual. So um, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a dope situation. And that should be put on blast. You know what I'm saying? That should be put on blast. Like, hey, yo, I see her. She's living it. She's walking it. You know, it don't just look like what it like on social media. She's actually conducting herself in the same manner out in the street. So that should, we should talk about that and shout from the rooftops. And that's my job to do something. I love that. Thank you. And you know what? That's so true, especially right now, because social media, you get to become whoever you want to become, right? Um, especially now with these AI. Someone sent me a picture of myself with the AI filter. I was like, who is that? Like, that's that not me. Wow. <laughs> but... It is. It's all about matching your talk, you know, and being who you say you are on and off um, social media and what keeps you relevant. Like when you know who you are, no one can tell you who you're not. And a lot of people don't know who they are. So they're trying to become what people tell them they should become. So I live and walk my talk. I do the work and I encourage other people to do the work to have that same freedom. That's amazing, too. And you lead me right into my first question or the first opportunity i want you to introduce yourself i introduce you by name but nobody can tell you who you are your in your quick you know um version of your background where, where you come from what, what you know how did you get not just started in business but in life how's just your life start so interesting i am actually uh i was raised in fresno california which is a small crazy city in um i would say central california closer to northern california um, born, not born and raised there, but raised there. That's kind of where all my rooting came from, uh, relocated to Las Vegas. Um, but how I got started, um, I was 
implanted into a place that was foreign to me and I never felt like I fit in. So I just at a very young age went on a search to find like, where are my roots at? Because this is not who I am. This is not where I came from. Um, and grew up, my father raised me, my mom left me and my four brothers. So I was raised by my dad, who was a hustler, a great provider, protector, but he was, a, he was in the streets, you know, um, but he did the best that he could. And he made me who I am. So that's kind of where I started. And what brought me into just discovering myself was just who am I at my core? Who am I without the titles? Who am I without um, what my family tells me I should be? And that just brought me into a journey of really discovering who I am and led me into life coaching because it started to make me realize like, what is it about this that so many people are stuck and broken and, and in this place? And I remember one day waking up like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? I'm sick and tired of the routine. I'm sick and tired of, you know, they say get married, have kids, go to college, you should have a good job and you should be happy. But I was completely miserable. Um, and so I knew that there was more to my life than that. And that led me into finding my purpose and finding my purpose led me into coaching. So it's funny, yeah. you know, you talk about your dad was a hustler. <laughs> and <laughs> imagine that. So you're the only girl and you have four brothers. Yes. So what was that like? What, what was the dude who came to date you at the house <laughs> going through? First of all, <laughs> there was no dudes coming to the house. <laughs> Secondly, everyone would kind of dismiss me because they would be like, oh, that's Ron's daughter. Like those are, you know, your brothers. Oh, that's your brother. Oh, no. So half the time I didn't even get a chance. I don't think I really even dated someone or someone have enough courage until I was like 19. <laughs> They're like, uh, I was like, and it was someone not in my city who didn't know any of my family. He knew no better. He was crazy he enough. He knew no better. So he took a shot. Yeah, yeah. So it was rough. I was always sneaking to talk to somebody. I'm like, y'all scary. <laughs> so did you find yourself like, you know, um, were you the youngest? I'm the oldest, actually. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. I was, that's, that was the question I was going to ask. Where you find yourself stepping in as more like a mother figure to your brothers? Absolutely. We're all about two years apart, but um, definitely felt more like a mother, always like scolding them, guiding them. Um, they appreciate it now, but they definitely didn't appreciate it then. But definitely stepped in as that mother. Um, my dad remarried, and I do have an amazing stepmother, but it wasn't the same as being mothered by your own mom. So I kind of took on that role. Um, and yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 that's dope. And I mean, that's dope to even say, because a lot of people, you know, don't say that about their step parents, you know, it's like, all right, my dad brought somebody around, but you know, <laughs> but, no, that sounds amazing. Um, she's still mom, you know, she took, stepped up when my mom walked away and that's mom. Like, Shout out to her. Shout to my her. dad over her, you know, like no, no, no. Yeah, shout out to her. You know, we got, we got to, we got to give props. You know what I'm saying? We got to definitely give props because we, we can turn on the the internet, the news anywhere. They're gonna get all the negative. You know what I'm saying? Sisters or brothers. You know when you be like, hey, well, you know, everybody, all the black men or or men aren't taking care of their kids, but then you look like, I know ten dudes right now that's taking care of their kids, and yeah. nobody ever puts that on blast. So never. And so you can always, always hear. Yeah. I always have a different perspective because I have been raised by my dad. So a lot of my friends and women get kind of frustrated because they always like, you have a biased opinion. And I'm like, no, I just 
understand it from a different perspective because I see the internal battles. I see the struggles and all of my brothers are amazing fathers. So it's like, and then my dad, like my dad is the dopest dude I know, you know? And um, so it's like, I can't agree to some of that, but what I can say, sometimes I'm kind of iffy about mothers. Cause I'm like, y'all women need to check your hearts. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, how I look at it as human beings, I don't look at it as man or woman, you know what I'm saying? We both do some real crappy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Men and women. And when men and women can both say that and be honest about it, then we can start probably having a conversation for us to grow and get back to where we're supposed to be, especially in our community. But Absolutely. it's always the point of fingers. Nobody's wrong. You know what I'm saying? No uh, accountability. Yeah, no accountability. No accountability yeah. whatsoever. So... I think that understand, like, when we start talking about taking care of each other and all that, like, everybody, every grown person is supposed to take care of themselves. So it's, it's not supposed to be like, oh, the man should have all of this and the woman should have all this. When I meet, when we meet, I should have a place to call my home. I should be able to get to work, back and forth to work. I should have a job. You know, right. Or business or whatever the case may be. And then she should, too. Then Absolutely. That can be a decision once we connect. And, you know, we may start making plans for life. Oh, well, it might be better because your job might have a better runway or your business might be a better long-term plan. So we'll go that route. You know what I'm saying? And it should be with right. whoever. Because if she's a doctor and he's working construction, you might be okay with letting her rock out with the doctor situation. Absolutely. And, right. and you really love construction. She can help you invest into a construction business, a firm, so when she can, you know, step away from her practice, she has something going on. But that is just like, no, he has to be like that's not even realistic, right? It's not realistic. Two people, I really believe it's two whole people coming together, not two broken people trying Love to make it. a. And like you said, as human beings, we're so unwilling to do the real work within ourselves. So we're always looking for someone to either validate or fill that void that we're not willing to do the work on. Right. But everyone is a mirror. So if you see something in someone, it's just a reflection of you or a perception or a projection of what you don't have. So it's really about us becoming really whole and healed, especially in our community. Like no one wants to take accountability. Like I can blame my upbringing, why I'm not where I want to be. Or I can say, look, these are the the cards dealt with me, but this is how I switched the hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. all about accountability. Me is like the key. Like you need to really take accountability and what you going to do now? Like we're now adults. So what are we going to do now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Speaking of that, you know, I was going to say in your transition to adulthood, how was your journey to healing with dealing with what you were dealing with your mom? So, you know, what? I want to say that I didn't really realize and maybe because I it was overshadowed or just because life was kind of good per se. Right. Um, that I wasn't even a banded child until I was about 22, 23. Um, and that was kind of after my mom passed away. I realized like, dang, my mom left and never came back. Right. So during that time and it really showed up in relationships because I kept I, I had a, a kid. And then that relationship didn't work out. And then I got married and some of those things showed up. And so it made me start to realize like, okay, there's a common denominator in this situation and it's 
all the fingers are pointing at me. Let me really start to deal with some of these things. And then that's when I started to realize like, oh, this abandonment. Oh, here comes rejection. Oh, here comes these insecurities, which made me realize like I need to go heal. Like I didn't real. I thought I was okay, right? But it doesn't really show up until you get into relationships with someone where all of your stuff kind of comes out. Um, and that's what really brought me on a well. Before that, it was uh, a domestic situation where I was the the domestic violent person, like I was the abuser, um, and had to do. We're we gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Let's 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 not give too much. Like I said, so. So, so you understood that because I share that testimony with you when it comes to the abandonment from my mom. You know, my mom left me at 11 years old. And so um, it, it wasn't until I was like 23, 24 till I got back around her and I was helping her kick her heroin habit mm. um, at that time. So and I saw it show up in relationships, not with women that I was dating, but more so with women that were mother figures. Oh, OK. Yeah, I, I found myself searching for mother figures. Yeah. And I've gotten so much disappointment in my life in that space. And I yeah. knew that it went back to my mom, you know. Right. And so it, yeah, it's, it's, it's so I, I, I that right there, we, we share that situation. But it never showed up in the relationships with, with young ladies. It was always the, the those relationships with people who showed up as mother figures. Mm. You know, I was immediately putting them in, all right, this is going to be my mom. You know what I mean? Right, right. No, and, I, I, I Yeah, too. so that was kind of crazy, you know. So, um, and my dad wasn't around either. So it was my grandmother who raised me. So, um, but my, my dad was never there for the most part. So it wasn't a thing, you know, he was in and out of prison. But my mother was there, then she left. <clears throat> so that was the disappointment on her, with, with her. But I do um, understand, like, trying to get through that process and healing you know, so once you found out that that was, you know, a trigger for you, you know, what 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 did you do? So was the domestic violence portion that you was talking about, was that your breaking point? That was my breaking point. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was the breaking point. That's really what made me like really start self-reflecting, like getting into therapy. Um, I was ordered to do 26 weeks of anger management. And that was really started to where like I started to remove these layers and was like, wow, like this stems all the way from, you know, my mom left at eight and she never came back. So that's really where all of that stuff kind of unlayered. And it was like, I got to do better. Like I got to fix this, you know, because again, in that victim mode um, or just ignoring that something bad has happened to you in that trauma you point the finger so I was always able to point the finger because I could justify like if you wouldn't have did this I wouldn't have did that but then it made me realize like okay there's a common denominator it's you and it stems to that that trauma that happened to you and you never dealt with it so so what happened with the domestic violence scenario what 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 took what took you over the top uh man young um just had a baby thinking that this family was gonna work um and betrayal he, he cheated on me um found out and i just went ballistic like i i, I lost it and yeah <laughs> you put him in the hospital i did i did hmm. so what what is it see i i did a documentary years ago on um domestic violence called unbeatable mm. what i've learned is that, and I plan on doing it a part two, 
what I've learned is that nobody understands that uh, women are just as culpable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> domestic violence as, as men. Like, it's always, like, I had a brother who was on there who was stabbed in the eye by his wife. Wow. You know, and then he was abused by another woman, which drove him to drugs because mm. he was taught not to put his hands on a woman. He couldn't tell his homeboys. That was the common denominator. I had like six or seven people. Yeah. Everybody from different walks of life, but everybody didn't tell their people. Yeah. Especially like, men. It's embarrassing, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, what he said. And even sharing the story, I always was very careful and still kind of careful of even sharing that part. But I want to be able to share from a place of me taking ownership, right? Like we need to have these conversations. Like a lot of us were angry inside. We don't know how to release. And because I grew up with boys, like if I didn't get my way, I'm throwing a fit. And I realized that tr trickled over into my relationships. Like, Oh, you're not going to give me my way. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to do this. And because in my mind, you're strong. It's okay to hit you. Like you don't have feelings. Right. And so I had to unlearn a lot of those belief systems that I grew up with and also be take ownership. Like just because someone tells, you no, doesn't mean they have to do it. You know what I mean? Or just because it's not working in your way. Don't mean you can force physically force someone and get away with getting something. And so those are a lot of things that I learned and have to share like women. And I even see it in young kids. You can see it really young. I have also three sons that I'm raising, but you see little girls, they'll just hit a little boy and think, now, if my son hits you back, you're going to be upset. That's the big That's the big thing, you know. Um, you got to understand, like, if this man hits you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it's sad that it's all bets are off at that point. Once the man turned around and hit the woman, all bets are off. It's like, you know, and, and I think that in relationships, too, especially, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're about 28, 30, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, your, your age, you're a little younger than I am. <laughs> but... <laughs> And, Thanks. I'm not that young though. Nah, I'm messing with you. <laughs> but growing up, you know, it was a thing like where the sisters was taught to be aggressive with us and it was okay and to deal with their, especially the cheating portion, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Cause as both of us being coaches, I've just learned so much about that is so much so much littler than, you know, a lot of our sisters was put. Like, like they put that at, hey, I don't care. He can be doing anything as long as he don't cheat on me. Yeah, right, right. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, he can lay on the couch and not feed you, not go get no, go out and get no money and take care of you, beat you up, do everything as long as he don't cheat on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was the, like, the trigger for you to damn near kill a dude, you know? Yes, yes. And you hear it so often, but a lot of times, again, why do some why would someone cheat? Why is someone standing in a situation like there's so many questions that lead up to that person cheating? And for me, it was a trigger because, like I said, even though my dad was married, he had an amazing woman. He wasn't a great man. And I seen that. So I was like, you ain't going to never cheat on me. You ain't going to never treat me like this. Like if you, you know, you think about great I, man. Oh, nope. can you hear? Yeah, I can. Hear. I said, what do you mean by great man? Elaborate on that. Well, like a great man, meaning like. He's a provider. He's a protector. You know, he we have home, we have safety. But he, there was a lot of things that he was missing emotionally or, you know, um, mainly emotionally and faithfulness and loyalty. Like his character wasn't as great as the perception of him. 
So you said he wasn't because I you, what you said was you said that he wasn't a great man. And I know I know you didn't mean that holistically, but far as in the relationship space, in a relationship. A, yeah, he wasn't a great man to the, to his um to your mom, your bonus right. mom. And so that category you categorized that because he cheated on her. Yes. Yes. So did you ever think because you said your dad was a hustler? Did you think that that was pertaining to the, the lifestyle? Well, and now I realize that's in the back end, but that was my thing. Like, I got a man that was completely opposite, or I thought was opposite of my father because he wasn't a hustler. He wasn't in the streets. So I was like, oh, I'm getting a good man because he doesn't do these things. So it was just like all of these false um, perceptions and ideologies that I created in my mind, even saying like he's a great man. Well, does that take away him being a great man because he slipped up and cheated? You know what I mean? Like yeah. all of these 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 um titles and ideologies that i created in my mind were all really false because it was all trying to just protect myself from what i seen yeah. you know yeah and so once you um you know got out of that situation did you um make amends with the gentleman i did i don't know how much i mean he's i don't know how much he forgives me but <laughs> i have constantly tried to make amends and um what I realized though is on this journey of healing, you can't make, you can't always go back and fix the thing, but you can always forgive, release, and let them know that you forgive them, but you can't force them to feel the same way about you. Yeah. Yeah. So you had three boys. Yes. How was that? <laughs> I mean, you had to, so you got four, you had four boys growing up <laughs> and, and three sons. <laughs> now you got three boys now. How's, how is that journey? What's the ages? What's the age group? So I have a 17, 12, and 11-year-old. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, wow. So yeah. the last two. The last two, I think, are better than the first one because my first one, it was trial and error, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, he he got a lot of my brokenness, um, but thankfully, I was able to kind of uh, fix that a little he grew up with you. Yes, he grew up with me. So so now he's he's at 17. I get to see the fruit of even my change. And when I, I change, I can see what I implemented in him. Um, and my younger two, I would have to say, my younger two are solid. Like, they got the whole version of me. So not that I'm completely whole, but they yeah. got a better version of it's me. It's for rotten, probably. Actually, no. Um, <laughs> I, I do implement, like, you got to work, not work for, but you got to, you know, a man who don't work, don't eat. So you got to put in some work to get some of these things. <laughs> mamas, mamas do boys. Hey, yeah, mamas do a number on boys, you know. And so. I've seen that. So, like, my brothers didn't have to leave at 18. So I'm like, oh, you're not going to be like my brothers. Getting... <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to make you a, a decent man. Hey, but keep, I, keep them out, I, but make sure they can come back. Yes, yes. That they can hold their own. They got a vision and a plan. A man without a plan plans to fail. So I'm always talking about a plan, making sure they can um, take care of themselves, not be dependent on me or anyone else. So when you, how old were you when you had your first child? Your mama asking. Nineteen. Nineteen. <clears throat> All right. So you're nineteen when you had your first child, and I imagine with the second two, <clears throat> that's when you were married. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What was your career like? At that space, what were you doing in that space? So in that space, I was doing property management. And it was actually after my my last son that I had that wake up call, like, OK, I'm married. I have these kids like life is decent, but I was still empty. And that's kind of when I had that epiphany of like, 
I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And even my marriage, like I married because that's what you're supposed to do, right? And you didn't so like with- him? <laughs> I'm not gonna say I don't like it. Me and him, that's my homie. We're cool. We're better friends than um partners. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now you know how y'all women do us, right? So <laughs> you know, you sitting there, you know he he proposed to you because he probably felt like, well, A, he loved you. And yeah. B, he felt like, hey, I got to make sure I show up a thousand percent for her. And it's hard to tell us brothers that we're not enough <laughs> to fill that void that you're missing. And, you know, so do, do you feel like that was the case? Like having this marriage still wasn't filling the void or was it just because of infidelity or something like that? Was that- it, was, it was a lot of things. It wasn't just one thing. It was, it was multiple things. Um, but what I can say is he has been a hundred percent supportive of me taking that step into purpose into me really finding myself. Um, he, I have to say he has definitely been supportive in that space because he understood like, some of the things that I struggled with, what I really desired, the greatness in me, he's seen it before I actually seen it in myself. So he has definitely been a huge supporter on this journey. Okay. So no more marriage for you? Oh, yes. I'm still, (laughs) this time I'm going to be found and I'm not going to be the finder. (laughs) It's, It's a special situation. I mean, people looking at marriage differently nowadays, you know, um, trying to really figure out you know, is it worth it? I have to say like two is better than one, right? Um, On so many levels and having someone that you can um, partner with, someone that's, that shares the same visions and belief systems and um, understanding of you, like that's, that's something that you can't replace and we need one another. And that's one of the things, like I took a long time to like really find myself after being divorced and really healing, but I realized like it's two is better than one. Like I need my partner. I want my, you know, Bonnie and Clyde situation. Like I'm, I'm still open for love. Yeah. I mean, but does it have to be from a marriage perspective or does it just have, have a partnership? Mm, I was just because of my beliefs. I think that marriage is biblically the right way to go. Um, and I want to be in that right standing, but I think people have to do what's best for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally, I totally understand. It's it's one of those things on both sides with men and women are, are questioning on the women's side. I see is more because women are choosing careers um, over, you know, the relationships and you guys mm-hmm. are like very, very um, unilaterally focused. It's like whatever's feeding you is what you marry to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I agree to that. <laughs> I don't agree to that. I mean, but a lot of women, that's what a lot of women are doing. You know, I've well, I've seen it up close and personal. What I also see is that's also the reason women are a lot of women are not healing. It's not that they yeah. want to. Women don't want to be single. Like we're not made to be alone. Oh, no, right? no, no, I ain't say that. But I think a lot of them marry that because they're not willing to. Like it takes a lot to want to get loved again. It takes a lot to open your heart again. So why do something that may that may possibly hurt me? I'd rather feed something that's going to be more beneficial, and then I can see the actual results opposed to. Uh, now, one thing I, I'll push back on that where I, I would say a lot of times, a lot of people, men and women, we have self-inflicted wounds, even when we go into relationships, you know, because we have unrealistic expectations, you know, um, 
And as I, as we talked about earlier, like, and, and we listen to these young girls now talking about, hey, a man got to have six figure salary, right? So I'm like, it's already like four or five to one, right? And if you are still trying to date in your race, then it gets slimmer. Then um, how many people actually making that amount of money? That gets slimmer. And then, oh my God, you don't even make that amount of money, right? So, I was just thinking that. And so like, it's it's just unrealistic expectations. And, you know, where someone is today don't mean they're going to be in that space five years ago, um, five years from now. Or once you guys partner up with each other, what can actually come of that is so amazing because that, he might be missing you to get to that point financially. Um, so it's just so many things. And then, but when that female gets to that point on her own, because mostly it's those individuals. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody pays attention to the one who's just talking and she's a bum. She ain't got nothing going on. She's just talking. But you get those ones who reach that pinnacle on their own. And it's like, yeah, you want love, but it has to be perfect. It has to be like this. But as us men, that's not the case. If they see Coach Amber, she's a pretty woman. It don't matter if she got any money. It don't matter what she is. I want her. I'm going to make a queen out of her. Right. You know saying like I'm gonna get her. Don't even worry. Look, real men, you've been around long enough. Real men, you ain't even gotta worry about that. A lot of dudes is like, if I'm good, you good. And yes. if you make hundred and fifty thousand dollars and he's able to take care of everything. But if you make hundred and fifty thousand dollars, why is it like you gotta act like as if that's not the same amount of money? The money is the money. The money is the money. You know what and I mean? I, so. a lot of it is is mindset and to me, what I see with women, it's the hurt, right? And they cover it up with all of these voids. Well, I make all this money now. I don't I don't have to deal with these things. But you also are not dealing with you either, right? So I love that. Now that you've made you've you've pivoted in your career, what else? Like, yeah, you have these standards, but do you match them in all of these areas? If we remove your career, if we remove your title, if we strip all that away from you, who are you at your core? And for me as a coach, when I ask especially women that question, they cannot answer it. So that right there for me is the indicator. Like we need to really go back and heal. We need to really do the work, like take away the titles and let's see who you are and strip. And then you'll realize how much more important it is that you do have a man because a man covers you in places that you can't cover yourself. Right. Um, Vice versa. Vice versa. Vice versa. Right. So to me when we start to recognize how important we are for one another and get away from the competition of i'm better than him he's better than me that we can never be this be the same we can't even equal out i don't care how much money you make there's something that he's going to bring that you can't bring and vice versa just like a man gives a woman a man gives a woman a seed she gives has a baby right mm-hmm. a man can never have a baby right yeah. so we have to know like what what qualities that we bring and vice versa and how do we blend them to make us a better overall person, family, community, and it branches out. And so we kind of got to get out of our own way because it, once we once we stop ourselves, we stop in everything else. And when we realize it's bigger than us, like it's bigger than us, you know? I can talk to Coach Amber all day long. Oh, my God. This is what I'm talking about. Civilized conversation, man and woman. I want to know, when did you be go from Amber Jones to Coach Amber Jane? Whew, I want to say 2016 is when I stepped into Coach Amber J. Yeah. 2016, um, 
I moved to Vegas, relocated, started this whole new journey, and I found coaching. And um, 2016, I I went full fledged. So how was the transition? How like how was that transition? You, Ooh, you that that was that was the scariest part of my life. Um, because I thought I came here. I I grew. I worked in property management for many many years. So I thought I'm coming here. I'm gonna go back into property management. I'm gonna get my real estate license. All of these things. And God had different plans for me. Um, and took me into coaching. So coaching was dif definitely different. I'm the first probably entrepreneur in my family. I'm the first one that's going against the grain. Like dad's so, an entrepreneur. Dad was an entrepreneur. Right. <laughs> so I guess it's in me. This is a different Come type on, of pops, pops, Hey, got to get pops. Hey. <laughs> Disqualify him. <laughs> exactly. Well, legal entrepreneur. <laughs> hey, some of that stuff legal now. So he, he was ahead right. of the curve. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> Yeah. So um, it was just definitely different. I was in a new city uh, coming, coming to Vegas, had no idea or understanding about business, didn't go to college for any of that. So um, the transition was hard, but the reward has been so much more better than the sacrifice. So tell me about your first client. Who is my first? Wow. My first client. I mean, trying to get that first client, finally getting that first okay. client and the results. I mean, I don't need to know, you know, no confidential stuff, but just the process, being a coach is first of all, deciding to be a life coach, you know. Um, so I first started with um, really just doing workshops and okay. I gave away a lot of coaching for free. But my first paid client um, had so many transformational breakthroughs in our session. And at that time, I think I was doing like, 60 days for like $497 or something. Um, so I got a paid in full $500 client and so many breakthroughs, her business elevated. Uh, she started running her business like a business, stepped into her CEO position, um, showing up like the boss. Uh, it was such a great feeling and it was really reaffirming to myself like, oh, I really have something that works. Like these things I'm sharing with people really do work if you put them into action. So it was a great feeling. But finding her, it was first just putting myself out there. I was doing like um, Facebook Live and I was like going to every networking event. I started doing workshops um, and just really putting myself out there, giving a lot away of a lot of free information. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's crazy because a lot of people don't get that. You know, it's always like I want I want I want I want I want. And I don't even call it that anymore. I mean, that's what it is, technically giving away free information and free um, workshops. But it's just an investment. Right. So right. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, OK, so you want to make six figures, but you won't give away ten thousand dollars to make a hundred thousand. I'm like, right. so you're not paying for the website. You don't want to pay for no trainings. You don't want to go nothing. You don't want to give away no trainings. You just want people to give you money and you haven't put anything. And that's why, like I said, you got to give dad props because I come from his school too. Okay. We, we learn. Hey, look, I don't have no entrepreneurs in my family and I learned everything I learned on the curve, like right. literally. And I put that on one of my Facebook posts a couple um months ago. I said, um, from the curve, to the um, I said from the classroom to the curb, to the courthouse to the corner office. Mm. You know what I'm wow. saying? Because that was me. Now I wasn't, you know, nobody who I was like hurting people. I was a school dude. I went to school, played basketball, but I was on that curb. You know, I was right. on that curb the whole time through school, college, and um, let's call it. You know, I got in trouble. You know, but I, school got me out of trouble every time right. I was in my situation where I could have went away for a long time. 
hey, he got us, he's in school, he's doing this, he's doing that. And, it, you know, they was able to work out something. So, but that was how I made my money from 13 to 25. So, and so I get it. I learned business from that. Right. So, right. you know, and it's real, it's, it's still real business, no matter how much you put it on social media, no matter, no matter how much you try to fake it, it's still like you had to, we had to buy our product and then go out there and sell it. We had to spend money to make money, even the advertisements of what you wore. You know what I'm saying? The car yeah. you drove, all the stuff was it was advertisement for your business. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so it's the same situation that's going on with regular business. I want to say for me, you just said something that's like, oh, that makes sense. Because I was the daughter of a hustler, I didn't have to hustle. So I'm like, why these people ain't paying me? Why are they not giving me no money? You know? Because I just be like, dad, dad, you know what I mean? I didn't have to work for it. So going into entrepreneurship, it gave me a different grind. It had it shifted my mindset. And like you said, not only was I giving away information, I was investing in myself. Like I was in every workshop. I was going, you know, going into different coaching. Like I constantly am educating myself because I want to know more. And the more I know, the more I understand, the more I can give it away. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people, they just want to get paid. They just want to have money, but you don't have no substance. You don't have the, the, the qualifications. You don't even have no true transformation. Right. Yeah. And so that was a lot of a lot of a learning curve for me there because I'm like, well, I'm giving this information. They should just pay me. Right. But it didn't work that way. No, but that's your testimonials, though. You know what I mean? Because once, yeah. <clears throat> once you get out into the marketplace and you can tell and a bunch of people can say, like, I just posted literally because, you know, can we do the same thing? I posted on Facebook a couple of testimonials that I recently got. Like, that's important. You know what I mean? Like, people got to actually have some real life experience with you and saying, Hey, I actually invested in her or spent, and even just spending time with you was investing in Absolutely. you listening to you and trying what they, what you told them to do is investing in you. Cause they could have listened to somebody else. You know, it's a hundred other people in their ear, but when yeah. they, I, I heard co what coach Jay said, right. what Amber Jay said, Hey, we good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I did this and I, and now my business is this way. It don't matter what they paid you. That's saying, look, it's 10 people that just told you they listened to me and they got was, I'm going to need that $500. And you right. to stand on. So you were building your platform with that. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I didn't realize that again, like a lot of it was trial and error transitioning into business. Um, but I'm so grateful for those those trials because they made me so much better and they've definitely. So if you don't have no skin in the game, it's it's really hard to believe all these gurus and gal rules now because it's like every, I'm going to teach you how to get six figures. It's like, come on. I don't know what ebook you finna give that's going to give that much information to give you six figures in a week. Like, yeah, they, really. they, yeah, that's the same ones like they get they, you can get you a 700 credit score in, in a month and. It's just all of the stuff that just be going on. I'm like, and without ever paying your bills too. Like, so. Right, like, right. <laughs> you will never have to pay another collection. Don't pay a collection. You'll get it. Like, come on, man. Work is work. And the work has to be done no matter what. Even on social media, you got to be spending money. You know what I'm saying? In order to actually get it. Because if you got 5,000 followers, then you don't need them. So they know that. You got a mini media situation. But they're not going to let you see them people. They're not going to let them see your content because they know if all 5,000 people get your stuff, you can just pipe them into your website and never have to come back. 
Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's a hustle. It's it's definitely work. And if you're not willing to do the work, you're not going to see the results. I don't care what kind of what field you're in, what relationship you're in. You have to be willing to put in the work. Seven years later. <clears throat> Seven years later. What yeah. what 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 would be what would you say, you know, when your, your greatest reward? doing this work in seven years i would say the greatest reward reward has been um the consistency of not only me helping other people but what they've also given to me right because it's always a twofold when you're working with someone right you're going to receive something and a lot of it is like staying consistent and seeing that if you're consistent you will start to see the results in whatever it is that you're doing. And me staying consistent, I'm seeing the transformations of lives I've impacted. I'm seeing my life being impacted, my kids' life being impacted. And so that's been the greatest reward is like this consistency, all of these trials, all of these sacrifices, they're paying off because I see them now. I'm seeing my fruits. So as a coach, you do a lot of, you know, pouring into individuals. So where does Coach Amber J go to to refill her cup? So I have several things set up. <laughs> I truly believe, like, if you're a coach and you don't have a coach, I don't know how much I can trust you, right? Um, also, a therapist, like, who's who's feeding you as you're pouring out? It's so big to me. So having a coach, I have a coach, I have a therapist. I also do a lot of self-care. Like, I have a day just for me that's in my schedule um, a lot of self-love, self-care for myself, making sure I'm staying full, making sure I'm tapping in, making sure I'm constantly staying educated. So I schedule these things into myself so that I'm constantly being poured into and people get the overflow and they don't get the empty version of me. I love it. I love it. Seven years. What's different between the life coaching in 2016 and now in 2023? I want to say the biggest difference is the confidence I have knowing that I'm called to be a coach, right? Like we can have the title, but knowing that this is your purpose and this is your calling is so different. And so when I started in 2016, one, I didn't even believe that I was qualified. So just the belief in myself, knowing that this is who I am, this is what I have been called to do. This is more than just a title. It's my purpose. Um, so I would definitely say the confidence in who I am. As a coach. And, and what about the business itself? Like in the, the, uh, the business of being a life coach, what's the difference? What are some of the things that's better now, easier, you know, um, what's harder now because of, you know, we had the pandemic, just you no know, business just changing. So I would say on the business aspect, um, the beginning, I would say it was better because I had a, a immature fire. So I did all of the things that you needed to Ooh, do. I love that. <laughs> opposed to now I'm like oh, I want to do that I've done that oh already. I love that <laughs> um on the other side of it the financial freedom and just the time freedom I have now um before I was also working a job so now I don't work a job I full-time coach so just the time freedom the financial freedom I have is so much greater now, but I wish I had that same fire in the beginning. Cause I was like, I'm going here. I'm doing this. I'm everywhere. I'm on everything. You know, I was putting a hundred percent. I don't know where I had the energy at before, but. Nah, I, yeah. I, I really love that. I, I mean, I literally stinking love that phrase because I got in my third book, I have something said, um, you know, you don't have to create another thing. And because 
we could we find ourselves when we're not being success, successful immediately at the thing that we're doing, we create something else because we want to keep having that fire that you said. Like and in beginning of things make you have that fire. You're like, oh, okay, let me do this. Let me put I'm gonna post way more now. I'm gonna go to certain thing to talk about this new thing. And then you get a response. You get the response of a new person. You know what I mean? Like now they just know, oh, that's Coach Amber, as opposed to, but oh, you coaching? Oh my God, tell me about that. Uh, yeah. like, you know, that they're not doing that no more. So it's very, very tough to, and, and you're probably never going to get that back. You know, um, right. when I graduated college, of course, you know, I'm being a felon. I couldn't get a um job. And I started a, a cleaning business and it was, I was very successful with it. And um, people always kept asking me, oh, yo, are you going to go back into the cleaning business? I'm like, yo, I just remember putting buffers in the back of my Dodge and driving like for like two hours to certain places. I did a lot of retail work and I'm like, uh, I can never do that now. I like, if I, if I like, no, I'm not doing that. Like right? I, if I ever did that, I would have to have everything lined up from the door. And, right. and I don't feel like going through all of that. Like, so what you do in that moment is special and you hope that you can bottle it up and take it with you for something else. <laughs> But that's how you get to know where you really feel, you know, a way about what you're doing because it's authentic. You can't, yeah. you know, when you say something dope, you you wish you were recording it because right. you, know, <laughs> you don't say it again. Yeah, because you, you really came from somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like, did somebody catch that? Damn. I mean, yeah, so yeah. it's like one of those things. So I, that's why I said I love that you said it like that. You put it like that. I never put it that way. That's something like that. That immature fire you know, yeah. terrific fire. Like, yeah, man, you people see it in you, man. They see you glowing about this business and you're like, oh, man, yeah. Now you're like, look, you ain't on my calendar. <laughs> something to do. And, you know, honestly, I want to say that one thing, like when that fire seems to like my light seems to dim a little bit, like that's why that recharge is so important. That self-care is so important because once you're full and it's purpose, like when I want to quit, coaching because of the business aspect of it I'll get a client or someone will reach out and I'll be like all right here we go let's do it again you know yeah. what I mean it's like you said one it's it's different when it's your purpose or when it's just the business part of it so the business part is not my favorite part I just I'll be like I just want to coach people I don't want to market I don't want to talk to people I don't want to go meet the people right but when you have that client and you see the transformation or you share something and you see their results it's like all right, I'm gonna keep going. All no. right, I got, you know, and that's something that has fueled me through this, through these seven years is the transformation, the people, like, I know I have something inside of me and my experience to help someone else get through this. So I got to keep sharing. I got to keep giving. I got to keep doing. Yeah, it's, it's a dope situation. Um, And I, I see it in you, you know, um, when I look at your post, I see that you enjoy doing what you do. And it's, it's a special scenario dealing with people. <laughs> <laughs> Very. and i don't do as much on the life side as i would like to i do way more business and I, i'm full-time i do business coaching full-time and even in that space you still that's why i call my lifestyle coaching because entrepreneurship is a lifestyle and i try to tell people that you know like you got to live this thing it's no real oh um work-life balance now my you know i have kids my kids it just is what it is. You know, they just know what it is and they've assimilated to it. Right. <laughs> they've, they've assimilated to it. So um, teaching them about that lifestyle thing and seeing them grow. 
oh my god that's it's a, it's an amazing feeling and it can make you jump off the ledge like i right, now nah, i'm not i was going to jump away and leave this thing alone right. but i <laughs> nah you know what cuz i helped you i can help somebody else you know so it's, right. it's extremely important to do that so you said something that was real important that entrepreneurs really need to know about or, or, or um people that want to be entrepreneurs the transition from being um part time to full time yeah what was that like who so i was i did it twice right the first time again immaturely jumping off the ledge thank god for my ex-husband because he supported me in that season um but the second go around so i would say anyone that's willing to that's ready to jump off and leave their full-time job have a one have an exit plan two have a strategy and three definitely have a business coach like because a lot of times people have these hobbies and they're like, oh, I'm going to turn this into a business. And you don't realize there is a lot of work. You don't want to go homeless trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. <laughs> like, so you definitely want to have a clear strategy, an exit plan, a savings account. Right. <laughs> like you want to have a lot of things in place before you take that leap. And and people don't want tell you that. Right. Like, At all. I know, like, I done ran through credit cards. My credit ain't the same <laughs> trying to yeah. you, like, it's a lot because when you have slow months, what are you going to do if you don't have something in place? Right. So definitely have a business coach. I wish I had a coach. I wish I would have known you, you know, a few years ago, but having a real coach that can give you real guidance, real um, strategies and things that you can put in place before you just take that leap. Hey, listen, you know, this is my biggest thing. Like people who know me who are around me or people that work for me, they're like, they they can see something on TV or YouTube and they hear these people talking about their entrepreneurs and you find out that they might be hiding a job or right. or somebody oh. that leave their job out of nowhere just to be on. They just look, they be like, oh, they don't want me to hear that because they know I'm a cringe. Because for me, and that's when you see my book behind me, You Won't Starve, that's my, you know, my training manual, like, I told people, I wish I had the job. You know, I, I I became a felon in college. You know what I mean? I was, again, all back. For, I could not work, you know, at that particular time, especially in a job that warranted my degree, right? And right. so I had to do what I had to do. But if I love you and if I respect you and I, I'm coaching you, I'm going to try to make your path a whole lot easier than mine. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. hell not having a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, and trying to do business. Like, that was hell. So, I don't want you, to, I'm not going to tell nobody that. Like, if I tell people right now, if you gave me a job, I'm going to be rich. And they don't even know how much it is because as a business owner for so many years, independently, like, you don't know how much money you want to make. Not at all. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so, you can't plan. And so, right. like, if I can plan, oh, it's over. It's over. <laughs> you tell me I'm going to get $2,000 a month and I know it's coming. Oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's yeah. a wrap. And that's like, the difference. <laughs> what's so crazy? Because sometimes, you know, entrepreneur, I'll be like, I'm going to go back to a job. But it's so hard to say I'm going to go to a job because I don't have that freedom. So it's like either you're going to hustle hard and you're going to go and you're going to be willing to sacrifice some things to get what you need or you're going to have to take, go back to a job and be uncomfortable for a little bit, but don't lose that security. If you're not ready, like yeah. if you don't have a backup plan, 
don't run out and be stupid. Like it can crush you not only financially, but emotionally, like you'll, you'll lose hope within yourself. Like I can't do this. I feel like a failure. So take the right steps, have a strategy. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, um, if you are in a position, especially let's just say, you know, you getting divorced and you're not working, you're trying to figure it out. You about to go into a career or whatever. Okay. Whatever it is that you want to do in business, go after that job. Right. And then this way it's, it, you know, where your path is leading you, you're growing, you're doing what you need to do. A lot of right. times you're on the wrong jobs. Cause we just had a yeah. job for money and you already hate it. So you're trying to get off of there. But if you're saying, okay, I'm going to own this restaurant, go work at a restaurant. Yes. It ain't the cutest job, but you understand that you're learning in the restaurant business. Then you're making connections in the restaurant space. You're learning where they get their supplies from, who you know, inventory, all this other stuff. So that when it's time for you to step out on your own, you're in a good space. Um, right. We don't think like that. And then I always, always tell them, you know, give yourself a year from the yeah. time that you say, I want to leave, leave a year from that because your yeah. business has cycles and you have to understand what the cycles of your business looks like. Right. But see, those are so important factors that that people, especially these guru coaches, right? They're not even teaching business. They're not teaching about business plans, financial plans. Like there's so many parts of business that these coaches and gurus are saying, oh, you can go from six figures, leave your job. You can go to six figures that they're missing out so many parts. And then once you get out there and you start to see like, Oh, I don't have a financial plan. I don't even have a business plan. Like, I don't even know I need funding. Oh, I got bad credit. Like all of these factors factor into you being a successful business owner, especially our people, because we're not taught financial literacy. We're not taught business education. Like there's a lot of things that we don't have information to. And we're taking pieces instead of sitting back and willing to invest in people that really have fruits, right? Really have businesses, really have these things. We won't invest in you. We won't invest in someone that's actually doing what we want to do, but we won't go get this get rich scheme or get rich, rich coach. Um, so it's really important. Like invest. I've, I've spent so much money. I would have to say over the last seven years, I've had to say I've spent over at least a hundred thousand dollars in investing in coaches and programs and different things because I wanted to be better. Sometimes I didn't get the better people. Sometimes I it was a bad investment, but I did, I was willing to do that. I was willing to invest in myself. That's 15 grand a year, a little over 15 grand a year. You see what I'm saying? Like we should be willing to spend 15 grand a year in our business. You know what I'm saying? So like if you're not willing to spend that type of money, you don't have a $500 budget that you're spending on advertisement and marketing yourself. You're playing yourself. If you, you know what I'm saying? Because like what we do is we have a skill set and then we say, okay, we're going to step out there because we're good at it and we were good in our area and our neighborhood. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, you know, I've, everybody's telling you that you you dope, you the dopest, but this world is way bigger than our community. And so right. when you step out there and those people, they need you to prove it. And then, you know, <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole nother situation. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, I might, I have done business and I can coach the people around me, but yeah, I, I did go get my coaching certification. I did go get my training certifications. Right. I've, I've, you know, I've went and, and, and did all of the other stuff. I paid for classes. I've traveled all over the country to different workshops so that you can take me seriously. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And the people who I want to give me a check, <laughs> 
it's going to take me seriously because exactly. that tells you that, okay, yeah, he's done what he needed to do to make sure that he's, he's legit. You know, you want that six figures. I just don't understand. Again, coming from where me and your dad come from, you paid to get where you needed to go. You did. You invested. I think even like that generation or the new generation is so different from us because like for me, I'm guilty of it too. Like I want to give my kids what I didn't have. Right. So I think we have this mentality of this entitled mentality. Like you just need to give it to me. No, everything is an investment. You don't have to put some skin in the game. You gonna have to put, put do the work. And that's the part I think this new generation of people and this thinking and the, the social media has made us think like, oh, it looks good. So this is how easy it is. And it's like, no, nah. even even social media, you got to be be consistent with posting. You got to that's work. You and you got to pay. And you got to pay. Like exactly. it actually costs. And the sad thing, I've coached individuals who were coaching or had programs who literally was not successful. But social media will make you feel like you're successful. Seriously, like. Yeah. And, I, and we've all been there, like, because you had kid, like you'll snap out of it. Like, damn, I posted every day this month and nobody bought nothing. Right. Right. And right, but right. a bunch of people liked it. A bunch right. of people said something about it, but nobody bought nothing. That's real business because you like I got my receipts. You looking at your receipts and say this. So I got to do something different. <laughs> Right. The you know, bank statement and the likes ain't matching up. Yeah, so the, exactly. So that oh, I know I, I might need to go to that networking function because the people yeah. ain't just buying the coaching session just because I put it out there. You know what I mean? Or I might need to go to this situation. I might need to pay for this because that's what it is. Like, and nobody tells you that. But that's real business. I mean, me having a business degree, I tell people all the time and everybody shitting on college at this point, which I don't like. Because I don't think my kids, I think you tell my kids, if you're not going to do something that's worth you going to college, you don't need to go. But business, right. as a business uh, major, I was taught how to run a business. A lot right. of people don't want you to go to college because you don't have to go to college to start a business. You're yeah. absolutely right. But those classes actually teach you how to run a business. And because your businesses are not working, it doesn't look like what they're talking about in college. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And, and that's, that's the part, like the key component is in the same with me. Like I didn't go to college. I wish I would have went to college to get some business information because now that I'm running a business, right. It, that's where it's like taking this hobby and turning it a business is numbers. Like, can you read maps and analyze Have all to do numbers, right? Because the, the bank wants to know, I don't care how pretty it is. I don't care how many likes you have. How much money is it making? You had to pass accounting class in business to graduate. You had to have three accounting classes, accounting one, two, and cost accounting. You had to pass those even if you wasn't an accountant major. You had to, you know, you had to pass account. You had to do investment management. You had to do statistics. You had to do business law. You had to do production management with deals with products and and your raw materials. You know, you had to do HR management, which um, you had to do business policy. Like these are classes that I remember taking to graduate with a business degree and they all, I remember running my cleaning business was all my business, my own um, production management class. It was a hundred percent production management because of raw materials. You're yeah. bending major. I, I mean, I had contracts, big contracts and you're like, your money might be in the raw materials. You thinking that 
okay, you okay, I got a hundred thousand dollar contract, but you losing because you're buying too much raw materials. You're wasting right, wasting. And so that class was all over me when I was running my business. I remember talking about this in class, and it made me get in profit where it didn't look like, oh, oh, you know what? It's kind of tight. I can beat this person out in this bid. Because I know how much I'm gonna need with raw materials. I might be right there on the, on that face number, but I'm gonna get all my money on this. You know what I'm saying? And my employees and things of that nature. That's what you learn in college. But a lot of businesses don't look like that because it's just off of I got a skill set and I can do it, and I don't have to go to the big bad boss man to work. And so I'm in business now. But the bank is not gonna give you no money if you can't show them. That investor's not going to invest in you if you can't show them, you know, what your rate of returns is and what your KPIs are. You know, what's your value proposition? Like, they don't want, like, this is what you learn in school. <laughs> exactly. And you know what I want to say, too, is another reason, like, a lot of the businesses fail is be or they can't actually scale is because, um, oh, I just lost it, about, oh, I just completely went blank. It's going to come. Oh, they want to do it themselves, right? Yeah. Like, they don't want to hire any help. Like, you have one skill set, right? And now you think you're an expert in everything. No. And this is where we lose that. And even for myself, like, I'm like, I'm scaling because I know how important a team is. I don't like marketing. I don't like, I don't like any of that. I want to be able to scale my business enough, which means I need to invest and hire someone that this is their skill set. Yeah. I don't want to learn. I've, you know, you have to, in the beginning, you have to do what you have to do, but we have to get out of this small mindset of, I could do all of these things. You came in here with one skill set. Unless you're willing to learn all of them and become an expert, and you're gonna you lose. waste time. Yep. And you're going to lose. And you, 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 but you, the thing is, is this, in a nutshell, you're not an entrepreneur, you're just self-employed. Yes. And that's the difference. And, and <laughs> I, I, I get on people like that all the time. Like you're not an entrepreneur, you're self-employed and there's nothing wrong with that, but you, you don't have the right to talk about an entrepreneur. I just did a video on my YouTube page about a, a big time YouTuber who actually has a, a, a full-time nine to five. And he talks so much about full-time entrepreneurs. And I was saying, you cannot talk about getting it out of the mud. You have, you don't have the right to talk. Yeah. About, you don't know what this looks like on this side and it's okay kudos to you that you didn't have to go through that struggle and i wish i didn't have to go through it but and some of us going to have to go through it for different reasons maybe you've right. went as far as you're going to go in, in that job but right he happens to be a nerd and he was you know one of those good students and he okay he went to college and got a good job but he you know this thing on the side and it blew up but you're still working even though you making a bunch of money on youtube you still work your job you can't talk about us that's out here really making something happen who have created things, who bought real estate and fed their families and did all this other stuff, not knowing where the next check was going to come from. That's a superpower. That and is a I have jumped off of bridges trying to do that and slit their wrists and got hung, strung out on drugs and alcoholism and, and beat their wives and husbands and all this trying to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the right to to self-employed individuals, uh, those type of individuals, the jobpreneurs like y'all don't have the right to speak on this situation. You know what I'm saying? That's why it was important that I 
wanted to talk to you about that space because we we you and you you know a lot of people making it like more commonplace now and i i hate it because i'm saying like okay so who gonna work for you and that's <laughs> i i talk about that all the time i'm like everyone is not meant to be a self be an entrepreneur I, I ask that question all the time. If you, if everyone is an entrepreneur, who's gonna work for you? I need some employees. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like you know, I'm won't you be big so I can work for you? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I could take a break. <laughs> right. you give me my check. You know what I mean? With me just doing it in eight hours or, or less. In eight, I I'd sit down for a minute. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> easy money because doing what y'all do is easy. Right, right. No, I, it just y'all don't got the y'all got a ceiling on y'all income. We don't like, but it, let me tell yeah. you something. You can match that number. <laughs> <laughs> we can Come talk on, a little man. bit. That, that'd be real easy. You know what I'm saying? To do <laughs> to come and do what I do for you. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, um, this has been great. <laughs> yes, yes. This has uh, been great. I said it already about 30 minutes ago. I said I could talk to her all day. So <laughs> I, you know, she got she she's a busy woman. We all got stuff to do. But what I always end these with is, you know, Starve Talk has acronyms. It stands for Stand Tall, Reclaim Victory Every Day. Mm, I love that. So knowing what you've been through and the, what you do as, as, as a coach and things that you're dealing with on a regular basis, what does that acronym mean to you? Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. Man, it says everything. Like every day you have to make a, a solid, sound decision that you're going to get back up and try again. So that is going to be my new acronym, my affirmation for this week, <laughs> um, because it's a decision and you have to make this decision over and over and over. Right. And so I would say make a decision and stand on it, like starve your distractions, starve your fears, starve your doubts and whatever decision you make, stand on that and choose it every single day. And sometimes it's moment by moment, but when you make that decision, when you make up like today's the day, I'm going to be a millionaire. Today's I'm going to be great. Yeah. You got to that and starve everything else outside of that that vision and that decision. Oh my God! Didn't I tell y'all this was going to be dope? <laughs> Did I tell y'all this is going to be dope. Listen, you know I I I go and literally find the right people. I've been doing this for a long time. I, my other show was called In the Studio with Jay Halim, but when I created Starve Talk it was because I wanted to specifically talk to a certain type of person. Mm. I didn't want to just talk to anybody. If you don't know what this walk and this journey is to, you know, to, you know, going through these hardships and coming out of it, you're not, this is not the show for you. Yeah. This is not the platform for you because we have to tell our testimony. And we talked about Bible, you know, it's, it's biblical. They tell, they say that we overcome by our testimony. Not just yeah. our own, but the testimony of other individuals that we hear. And there's so yeah. many stories that's not being told because yeah. they're not a celebrity. And there's some people that's doing superhuman things that you just don't know their name. Only thing that makes celebrities that more people know who you are than the other person, but they don't make them more important. Oh, and come on. You need to see somebody that look like you, you know, live where you live, walk through the same journeys you walk. And let them tell you that they overcame and that they make it. And that's going to make it a little bit easier for you to say, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. And then the beautiful thing of it is, is that you might can touch that person and they can help you along the way. Because you might hear Beyonce's story and never be able to get a chance to talk to her. And you might hear Jay-Z's story and you never be able to get a chance to talk to them. But you can talk to Amber J. You can talk yeah. to Jay Holly. You can talk to the people that's been on Star of Talk. 
and get some information from them. Learn what it is that you need to do so you don't have to go through the situation. Because if we're real good people, we don't want you to go through any hardships, especially that we went through. Because a lot of times we went through hell enough that we weren't even wishing on our worst enemy. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is what this platform has been created for. So in that spirit, let everybody know how they can find you on social media, um, book you for a coaching session, strategy session, all that good stuff. Well, first off, thank you so much. This was so good. Um, but you can find me on Coach Amber J, everything, or Amber Jones. Um, you can go to my website, CoachAmberJ.com, book a free 30-minute discovery call. Um, see if we're a good fit. See if you're in a place where you're sick and tired and you're ready to make that next step into your purpose. Um, and all social media, Amber Jones. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No problem. No problem. I told y'all it was going to be for this hour. It was me and Mrs. <laughs> This is Jones. <laughs> I can carry a tune today. I don't know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> but no, um, thank you so much for for blessing me with some some of your time. This is, uh, you know, I definitely enjoyed it. You guys, y'all know where to find us. You know, I won't starve.com. Go to the on YouTube page um at Starve Talk. Go on there, subscribe, click the notification bell. You will see people like her. She's upgraded us. You know, she look a lot better than me. So go ahead and go check her out and see what's up. And um, yeah, man, I am Jay Halim on all my social social media platforms. Go ahead and get on there, get some merchandise. Go to jhalimapparel.com, get all the clothing that we have up there. And hey, rock with everything that we're doing. You know, next week we're going to have somebody just as good. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be hard to top this. <laughs> no, I'm coach bias. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I'll be fighting for my coaches, man, because people be thinking that we don't, we, we're not needed. And we are. We are definitely essential um, to business success. And, um, if people are telling you, otherwise they are lying to you, you know, or they're not paying their coach, <laughs> they're getting free. Yeah. coaching, And so they're not <laughs> appreciating that coach, but we are essential to business and life success. So, um, get you a coach, you know what I mean? And, um, Hey, thank you so much again. Y'all know how to, how to find us. Stay connected. See you next time. All right. Bye everyone.